Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Wednesday. It is the 14th day of February 2024. And this year, I think February 14th, 2024, will be an even more confusing day for Americans than Father's Day in a housing project. Why? Well, today starts the Christian feast of Lent, or season of Lent. It's not necessarily a feast, because at this time of year, the beginning of Lent, Christians go into 40 days, give or take, of fasting, of abstaining from things, giving up certain things of pleasure for 40 days in preparation for the death and eventual resurrection of Jesus Christ. But today is also Valentine's Day. So to break down the confusion, many people in the Catholic faith give up chocolate during the Lent season. They give up chocolate because that's a sacrifice to them in a first world country. Imagine living in one of those Saharan African nations that have never seen chocolate, have never experienced it. To them, to give up chocolate is nothing. The sacrifice of the Lenten season is important to the Christian faith, especially to the Roman Catholics who abide by the abstinence rule, giving up something that they love, something that's near and dear to them, in sacrifice for the sacrifice and suffering that Christ endured during his final 40 days on this planet being persecuted, vilified, eventually prosecuted, and hung on a cross to die. And because he wasn't dying fast enough, he was ordered by the soldiers to be stabbed in the perineum, right under the heart, and blood and water flowed forth from his body, which is why many of the Christian faiths celebrate the Eucharist of Christ with Holy Communion with water and wine. Of course, that small piece of bread, unleavened, no yeast, flat, hard bread that goes as communion symbolizes Christ who was the bread of life. But I don't want to spend the whole program talking about Christ. That's why you go to church. That's why you engage in Bible study. That's why you reflect upon your Christian faith in your own private temple, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. But anyway, many people give up chocolate each year for Lent. And the confusion will come in today if you don't get your girlfriend a box of what? Chocolates. That's right. Chocolates. A heart-shaped box of chocolate candy is the traditional Valentine's gift, along with some carbon footprint damaging red roses. At least that's what I was told yesterday. 
fresh flowers, very big impact on climate change, supposedly. I don't buy that anymore that I buy the lie of man-caused climate change in general. But anyway, so today's Valentine's Day. Will your significant female other, and I'm speaking to the men in the audience because 83% of our audience identifies as men, according to the demographics of the podcasting host platform, will your significant female other be offended if you don't bring her home a big old box chocolate candy, especially if she identifies as Catholic or Christian in general, Lutheran, Methodist, some Protestant faith? That's the question of the morning. Of course, those red roses, always a hit. But according to several environmental groups, they have a devastating effect on the planet. Harvesting of fresh flowers for the purpose of sitting in a vase or a vase, if you live in the Northeast, for them to eventually wither and die. I always thought giving fresh flowers to someone as a Valentine's Day gift was an omen of things to come because the flowers eventually aren't admired are forgotten about and they die and you have to toss them in a trash can so anyway happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out there and welcome to the season of Lent of abstinence, of sacrifice of giving up something a lot of Christian organizations this year have said why are you giving up something And the answer is because Christ gave up his life, his entire life. He sacrificed the pleasures of the flesh. He didn't go out picking up hookers at the casino. He didn't run down to the temple and check out all the babes. Or maybe he did. I don't know. We don't hear about that part in our Bibles. I'm sure as a young man, a 14, 15-year-old kid, Christ got the same urges that we all got. But his devotion to God in the human form kept him from acting on those urges we all hope and pray at least that's what we're taught but you know the desert it's hot the young girls are out playing frolicking around with their very sheer linens I'm sure he looked down a frock or two (laughs) I don't know maybe not I hope not my faith says he was a devout person of devoted to God and to the betterment of mankind So that's why we give up things on Lent during that 40 days. Excuse me. Some of the Christian organizations say rather than giving up something this year, why don't you spend a little extra effort and do something for someone? I still haven't seen it because I refused to watch any of the commercials that had anything to do with the Super Bowl. As long as the NFL continues stupid practices like kneeling down for the national anthem or playing some fake song called the Black National Anthem, there's no such thing. We're one nation under God. We're not 
one nation and then a separate black nation. The black community can think that. They can do that all they want. I watched yesterday in a convenience store with an Arabic clerk and two African Americans in the store arguing with someone who was either Indian or Pakistani. I couldn't quite distinguish the accent. The body odor was all the same because they don't use deodorant. I did smell the curry in the air. Telling The black people were telling this Indian or Pakistani couple they need to go back where the F they came from and quit taking all the jobs. And one of the Indian or Pakistani, Indian with a dot on the head, not a feather, not feathers, dots. He turned to this one young black guy and says, what job do you have anyway? What job do you have? And then it turned into a big verbal argument. Some bags of chips got tipped over and a display of pork rinds, which I thought was hilarious in a store run by Arabs who swear off pork, but they don't mind selling it to you along with lottery tickets, cigarettes, and alcohol. All things that they are against. The whole thing, like I said, confusing, confusing day between yesterday and today. Now I made the comment, the smart alecky comment, that today, Valentine's Day falling on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, is probably just about as confusing as Father's Day in the housing projects. The Bureau of Labor Statistics as well as the U.S. Census Bureau reporting the highest percentage of homes without fathers in them, of course, as always since the 1960s, the African American 13% hyphenated minority. No surprise there. That's why I say the most confusing day in the project is Father's Day. All right, get enough of that out of the way. Joe Biden, God, I wish I was sitting at the microphone at Studio 63 with the internet and all of my tools at my disposal to be able to bring you Biden's latest gaffes. As I have predicted, and I think this will come true very shortly, the Joe Biden presidency will likely be coming to an end sooner than later. The White House reports, or insiders from the White House, report infighting amongst cabinet members as to not if, but when it will be time to invoke the 25th Amendment and pull Plucky Joe out of office. Plucky Joe, of course, not at all a descriptor of the current President of the United States. I watched a video, I don't know how old it was, it popped up on one of the social media pages yesterday of Donald Trump accurately imitating Joe Biden trying to leave the stage. And so as to not give the media any fodder to say that Donald Trump is too old, Donald Trump said, and here, here my opponent, Sleepy Joe, trying to leave the stage, doesn't even know where the stage exit is. Here I am at this microphone, this damn stage. I don't, I don't know where the hell, I've never been here before. 
I end my speech, I look to the left, there's stairs. I look to the right, there's stairs, clearly marked. Here's where you get off the stage. There's Joe, oh, oh, do I go this way? Oh, do, do I go that way? And then Donald Trump turned around and faced the rear of the stage, shuffled back and forth, throwing his hands in the air in that symbol of confusion, as if to say, well, where, where the hell am I? Just like Joe Biden, he did a great impression of Joe Biden. I was somewhat impressed. All righty. I have a couple of questions regarding someone I haven't heard the name in the news for quite some time now. Haven't heard that this individual is still in the race. Haven't heard this individual has stepped out of the race yet. Am I talking about Dean Phillips, Joe Biden's only legitimate Democratic Party challenger? No, because there's never going to be a Dean Phillips candidacy. That will surprise me. If I were a Vegas odds maker, I would have Dean Phillips at less than a 1 in 100 chance of getting the nomination of the Democrat Party, even if Joe Biden stepped down tomorrow. Nobody knows who Dean Phillips is. No, my friends, wasn't talking about Dean Phillips. Wasn't talking about Robert Kennedy or whatever his name is, the third. The guy, the guy who talks like this. That's what we need, two Democrats in a row that can't speak. No, I'm talking about naughty Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, the rhino. Nikki Haley... I haven't heard her name in the news in many, many days. Is she, is she still in the race? I haven't heard that she's dropped out yet. I haven't heard that she's still in. I haven't heard a thing about Nikki Haley. Did all of her campaign money just dry up? Did people pluck back their dollars and start sending them where they belong to the Donald Trump campaign? Where the hell is Nikki Haley? <clears throat> I thought she was a strong contender. Yesterday on the Truth Hurts program, I told you about Laura Trump, the daughter-in-law of Donald Trump, who has put her name into the ring to be the new assistant chairperson or associate chair or some surrogate to the leader of the Republican National Committee. Quite a good speaker. She spoke on the Sean Hannity radio show yesterday, amongst other shows. To say that she has put herself into consideration, or they have put her into consideration for the number two spot at the RNC. And although she carries a good message, I don't know that that message is one that will be positive for the entirety of the Republican Party. To me, it seemed like a Donald Trump and only Donald Trump and the only thing important in the Republican Party is Donald Trump and getting Donald Trump into office because Donald Trump needs to be Donald Trump and needs to be the leader of the country and the leader of the party, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. That's all I heard during her conversation. And that's all well and good. But what if you're a Jeff Landry, the newly elected governor of Louisiana? My question is, how much support did old Jeff get from the RNC if they were pouring all of their money into Trump, 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 Trump? How many down-ticket candidates will suffer 
because the RNC would be basically run by a member of the Trump family. Just a little bit of food for thought for all of you Truth Hurts program listeners out there. Just a little food for thought. Traveling down the interstate this morning, and I am watching one, two, three, four, five cars in the far left lane, and they are so very close to one another, tailgating one another, that I promise you, the very first vehicle is a white Chevrolet van. If he has to stop short, the little Honda Civic is going up his tailpipe and out through his air cleaner. The Jeep following that will just run all over that little Honda Civic and the two large pickup trucks tailgating that Jeep, well, they will wreak their own form of havoc. As a general rule, if you're a driver, something they do not teach you anymore in any of the driver's ed classes, according to several of my friends who have grandchildren now of driving age, damn, I'm getting old. They don't teach you things like the three-second rule. Look at the car ahead of you and at the same time look at a tree or a road sign or some other object to the side of the road and count 1001, 1002, 1003. If you have passed that object on the side of the road that you just saw prior to getting to 1003, then you are following too closely and it works at any speed. That's a basic driving 101 rule. My daddy taught it to me, his daddy taught it to him, and hell, my daddy was born in 1926. Wow. That's rule that they don't teach you. They also don't teach you to look out for motorcycles. For God's sake, when I was riding, and I just sold my last motorcycle this year, but when I was riding, every day on the highway to me was like rolling the dice in Vegas. Is today the day some jackass is going to kill me on the motorcycle? Between texting and driving. And don't forget, doing a podcast while driving. Hey, my hands aren't anywhere near the phone, buddy. My hands are on the wheel. Actually, both of them. That's pretty odd for me. Texting and driving, eating, putting on makeup, reading a newspaper or some magazine or some publication, talking on the phone with their hands on the phone and fumbling through their center console while careening down the interstate at 75 or more miles per hour. And they don't see that little motorcycle. They just can't. They don't have enough time to react even if they did. And despite wearing a high-visibility jacket with a blue reflective strip of tape on the back of my helmet, the same blue strip of tape that the state police use, despite having extra lights on my motorcycle, the highway version of my motorcycle, despite having all of the required reflectors and even having a jacket that had additional lights on it. I was in fear of the morons in four-wheel vehicles because they don't pay attention. 
They don't teach you that in driving school anymore. Watch out for motorcycles. Pretty basic rule of the road. Turn signal, that's an afterthought. But for those who use their turning indicators, they think it's a free pass to do whatever the hell they want. They'll cut literally within inches of your front bumper and when you blow the horn, they get pissed. And if you happen to confront them about it, if you don't get shot, I don't recommend confronting a driver about their driving habits near New Orleans because you'll probably get shot in the face. That's why. But if you do confront someone, why the hell did you cut me off like that? They, well, I used my turn signal. I used my indicators. That's not a permission slip. It's a request form. A turn signal is a request form. It is a, hey, buddy, I want to get over in front of you. So they turn on their indicator and you give them a little flash of the headlights quickly to let them know, hey, yeah, I see you coming over there. Come on. That little quick flash of the headlights, that's the permission slip. The turn signal when changing lanes is just a request form. May I get over? The 18-wheeler drivers, they aren't even taught basic blinky blinks. You know what blinky blinks are? Flashies? When an 18-wheeler is passing another 18-wheeler, it's difficult to judge with 53 feet of trailer behind 25 to 30 feet of rig. It's difficult to tell when it's safe to get over. And so professional truck drivers who have been in the industry for a while know you give a quick little flash of the headlights. Hey, yeah, it's safe to come on over. And then when the truck driver comes on over, after, of course, using his permission slip indicators, once he gets over safely, it is customary, it's not a law, it's not a rule, it's not etched in stone, but it is customary for the truck driver who just passed or overtook the other 18-wheeler to flicker his taillights on and off or throw on his four-way flashers for two or three quick blinks as a thank you to the truck driver who just let you over. If you in a car have ever flashed permission for an 18-wheeler to get in front of you after he's used his turn signal and you see him hit his emergency flashers, don't panic, he's not hitting the brakes, he's not trying to brake check you. Believe me, whatever he's carrying in that 53-foot long by 10-foot high by 8-foot wide trailer is worth way more than getting his ego stroked by locking up his brakes unless he's just a turd behind the wheel. The other day, I watched an 18-wheeler trying desperately to get on over. He didn't realize it, but there was a state trooper on the right side shoulder, and there was an 18-wheeler in front of him, so he didn't realize, hey, I need to get over, because the law says if there's an emergency vehicle on the shoulder, you get over, so you don't run him over. So the wind that you create when passing doesn't blow him over into the highway. So this trucker turned on his left signal to try and get over to the left lane on the interstate and no one would let him in. Finally, I had the opportunity. So I gave him a couple of quick flashes of the old headlights. He got over, he gave me the blinky blinkies and my passenger said, watch it, he's drinking, hit the brakes. Thought for sure this truck driver was going to brake check me. 
I had to explain to the passenger in my vehicle, no, no, no. This truck driver is simply saying, thank you. Thank you for being decent and allowing me to get over. So if you're driving today, like I am, I'm watching the idiots. It's a great pastime to watch the other idiots on the road as they foible and screw up and make their mistakes. Consider that they don't teach the basic courtesies, the basic rules of the road anymore. If you see an 18-wheeler truck in the right lane and he puts on his right turn signal because he's trying to make a right-hand turn onto a narrow street, and then he drifts over into the left lane slightly, it's not because he's drunk, it's not because he's texting, it's not because he's stupid, it's because he has no other choice. You try and swing a 53-foot trailer around a right-hand turn without taking out a traffic light, a mailbox, seven pedestrians, and a newspaper box. If you've done it once or twice in your life, and I've done it a few times, you know why those trucks have stickers on the back doors that say, caution, this vehicle makes wide right turns. They have to. It's not because they don't know how to drive, it's because they know how to drive. They need that extra space to, con to conduct a turn. They have no choice. So please, give them some room. One more thing about driving this morning, I didn't want to spend the entire half an hour bashing Joe Biden. We've done enough of that. He's doing a good job on his own. When you are following an 18-wheeler, a tractor-trailer, a box truck. If you cannot see the driver's mirror from wherever you are, then guess what? The driver cannot see your vehicle. If you're up his ass, right there in the center, and you cannot see the driver's mirror or the passenger mirror on that big rig from where you are, then guess what, my friends? That driver cannot see you either. Just think about that. Those wide right turn signs are there for a reason. You see a truck driver straddling the right and the left lanes and he's got his right turn signal on. Don't be the idiot that tries to jump in there and pass him on the right. It's illegal to do so for one. And two could end up getting you crushed in the process and guess what the cops understand the games that people are playing a new orleans attorney actually a group of new orleans attorneys is still facing now federal criminal charges for a crash scheme that they came up with enough people weren't calling the one click, that's it, one call, that's all, don't accept the quick check, <clears throat> the, the lovely little jingles, all of the catchy slogans, the uh, put the Jones on them or whatever, they weren't accepting enough phone calls, they weren't getting enough clients. And a group of lawyers in New Orleans got together with a group of, let's just say, citizens who are in the underserved community. There, that's how I will put it. People from the underserved hyphenated American minority. 
they all got together and they hatched this wonderful scheme to travel on a section of Interstate 10 in the eastern half of New Orleans in what we call no man's land. It's an area of undeveloped marsh that was supposed to originally have been Disney World, believe it or not, but that's a story for another day. There are no lights on this very dark stretch of interstate. And so the game plan was you go out there, three cars, two cars, one car distracts the 18-wheeler driver by riding right alongside him. And then the other car gets in front of him and hits the brakes. And the other car, of course, has no working brake lights. But when the 18-wheeler smashes the rear end of the car, there's no way to tell that those brake lights were not working before. This was before dash cameras were so very, very prominent as they are now in almost every fleet. This was just a few short years ago, but a couple of dash cameras were on a couple of these trucks and they caught this ring of people doing their level best to get into accidents for the purpose of collecting big checks from the ambulance chasing attorneys. It was hilarious. And now the attorneys are losing their license to practice law, having their bar cards revoked. And the so-called victims are now having to sacrifice the monies that they collected from these trucks, these wrecks, these staged accidents. Well, I just watched a total idiot. He passed from the middle lane to the left lane, couldn't get around the traffic. So then he jumped back behind the truck he was trying to pass, passed on the right, had to divert over to the shoulder to keep from hitting the slower moving traffic on the right. And now I'm passing him because he picked the wrong lane. Everybody be safe out there. Go to church tonight, get your ashes or do it this morning. Show your devotion to your Christian faith. And we'll see you on the next edition of the Truth Hurts Program. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.